Welcome back to episode four now of It's Take Two, the podcast. Well, yeah, that's the thing, in it? Do we have to change the name or not? Why? Because well, it's It's Take Two, and for the people who are watching, there's someone else out here. Welcome back to It's Take Three. But we're going to have to change oh. the Instagram and everything. Maybe you just leave it. Or we'll... Dean, maybe just cut him out. Yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah. do it as two. Yeah, yeah. Just have my yeah. hands at you like that. So yeah, for those who are watching this... I'm trying to get the plugs in early that you can either watch it on YouTube or you can listen to this on Spotify and hopefully other platforms. Very soon. naturally done. Thank you. Nice. Smooth. Yeah. Some of you watching this might notice we've got, an, we've got a new member to the family this week. Hello. Dean, <laughs> I hope that sounded as rich as it sounded in person. <laughs> like, like Terry Wogan. <laughs> Hello and welcome to... Sounds like I'm not here, doesn't it? It's just, like, it's just a tape recorder here just going. We've got Dean with us this week. Welcome, Dean. Woo! Excited um, to be here. People might have mentioned or remembered his name popped up in the previous three episodes. Um, he's an actor, isn't he? Oh, good stuff. He's here. Up, You're man. an actor, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been, yeah. D. Michael Gregory. I've uh, been acting professionally for about eight years now. And what with you guys, is four times now, I think? Four times. When was the first film we did together? First long, was long, long Gone. Long Gone. So that was directed by Ollie. And we got you in last minute for that. I wasn't meant to do that. No, I remember. I was. I got a message of, I never met Ollie, never met you, never met you, Jod. And what was it? Ollie needed someone who was like a psycho. And for some strange reason, I was the first person she thought of. She was <laughs> like, who can I think? Dean. Right, there we go. It is always fun having you on the shoots. And like, even, you know, in, when it's lunch or it's tea time, we just on the shoots and we'd go out for a game of snooker just in between, just yeah. to, you know, in just those moments like you that. Need it's, it though. Yeah, you become you become friends on that rather than, you know, actors going off into the trailers or the, no, you know, the rooms I, and the camera crew are having dinner together. When you've got the right vibe on set and everyone can just gel and... Well, this is one thing I, I credit you lot is that I'm just saying of the four that I've worked with you on is that everyone you've cast, there's never... Friction on set. There's always everyone comes together. We spoke about this on episode three. Me and Bob asked each other the question. We asked each other when did we both know? When was the first time we realised you wanted to work in film for us? For you, when was the first time you realised you wanted to be an actor? Uh, young. I remember actually being in school and not wanting to do anything <laughs> other than act. And that sounds really bad, but I was in school. I'm one of these people. Like I don't know about you two, but if I don't want to do something and I'm being forced to do it, I log off. Like, I just log off completely. Whereas with acting, I'm, I've always been a film buff. I, I, will, I watch, like, so many films. I go to the cinemas, like, five times a week. It's mad. Are we keeping you? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dream, I've got cinema time in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so I always wanted to do that, but where I'm from, which is a little town in Lee, which is near Wigan, Bolton area, I didn't think I could do this. Mm. I didn't think I could working on film theatre it was a young age it was when I was watching films and thinking I want to do that but when you're young you just think it's easy don't you, you just think oh it's just with a camera isn't it you what made realize. you think you couldn't do it my confidence issues probably like every actor like you just think oh well you look at people on screen and you go well, oh well, I'm not as good as that how do they do that how do they bring that emotion up but then when you actually do it in class or when you're in college and you do stuff like that you realise oh Anyone could do it. Mm. Anyone can do it. Everyone started at that stage. Yeah, anyone can do it. You look at the top of the top, anyone can do it. It's about look. It's about what you might look like physically. You know, if you're born looking gorgeous, you're going to get an avenue that way. If you're more like a character actor, 
you in a weird way you're going to never stop working look at like Willem Dafoe and mm. Philip Seymour Hoffman they never ever stop working them type of actors when did you feel your breakthrough was then in like the first project where you know you get that email text or call from whoever going you're doing this what was that one we think oh and it doesn't have to be like that you know the, the one with the biggest ratings or anything like that but the one that thought this could be my gateway into some into what I've always wanted to do well when I started off I started off doing um extra work now when I did it I did it merely just because I wanted to be on set and honestly to god if there's anyone listening out there who wants to be an actor but they haven't done anything yet and they don't know how to get into it go do some extra work for like 6 months and just see what it's like to be on set and be around people who want to be actors, be around people and see what egos are like, see what being in, like trying to get something rushed under a deadline, see that. And as a young kid, it blew my mind just like, I did extra work on, on a lot of stuff, like Shameless and stuff like that. And I remember getting, I remember I was working with um, David Frelfall, who obviously played oh, Gallagher, yeah. and he was directing one of the episodes and I was just doing extra work as you were. And I remember he came in and he went, to one of the ADs and the AD turned around and went, is there any lads who want to do a part, just a little part in this? Straight away, hand up in the air. I was like, I'll do it. And it was one line beating Marty up, <laughs> the character. And when I did it, I was like, yeah, I want to do this proper. And then my f I'd, I'd say the first big step was when I did Hamlet at the Royal Exchange Theatre. Because A... I got paid, like proper pay, and B, it was just like, oh, people are going to remember this for decades, 20, 30, 40 years, this mm. play. And I'm not just like a, a little side thing, I'm in it, we're yeah, involved yeah. in it. We filmed it, it went to Cannes. Like, it was, it was the first play filmed at the Royal Exchange, so you guys have had a field day, it was like, nobody had ever, I mean, now they do it with more stuff like NT Live and all that now. Yeah. Um, but they, one day we were like coming into the theatre and there was cameras on the bonquette on the front row. There was cameras at the top looking down at the, at the stage and I was just like, I remember with my one of my mates, I was just like, well, no, we've, no, it's a different type of performance because now it's don't look at the camera. Mm -hmm. And we've never done that in theatre. Theatre, you're just acting and there's 750 people in and you're just like, you got, you're got you acting. But this was like, oh, right, I can't look. Oh, no, there's a camera there now. Shit. Right, right. And it was really weird, but yeah. that was the one for me. That kind of leads on to another question we asked last week, which was if you could have done one, I mean, for us it was if you could have made one film in your career that that would kind of sign you off and say, yeah, I've achieved what I wanted to, you know. Mm -hmm. But for you performance-wise, if you could have done one performance, whose would it have been? Oh, so someone who's already been done. So a performance is already done. If, if that was you, you'd, you'd kind of retire happy at that. This is hard for me because I love films so much. <laughs> I'm going to go for it because I just watched it recently. Harry Dean Stanton, Paris, Texas. I just think... I've not seen it. Oh, you need Fuck. to watch it. Anyone who's not seen it, watch it. Vin Vendors. I don't think he speaks for the first 20 minutes of the film, but he does because you see everything through his face. Yeah. I love it. Like, I went and watched it when, uh, again with my dad at the cinema recently and it just... We came out of the cinema. It was one of those when me and my dad came out going... Mm. Ah, they don't make them like they used to do. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's interesting though. I, I said this to a lot of people, like I've done a few like Q and A's with younger acting students and stuff. And if I genuinely 
drop dead tomorrow. Yeah. I'd be happy with everything that I've done. I have no regrets. And I look back and like, if you'd imagine, like we've just been saying, that young lad in school, mm. I've done feature films. I've been to Cannes. I've done theatre. I've done motion capture. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. And it's still, it was only recently, like last year, I was sat with my dad and I had to pinch myself and I went, I'm, I'm an actor. Anyway, it's took bloody time for you to realise. I'm not even doing this eight years. But we had that conversation where there's still Hollywood actors who still go, I'm a fraud. I feel like that's something, both cast and crew perspective, that you never realise yourself. You have to be told. Or you, know, you can say you've directed a feature film and it's, you know, like I said, I've DP'd it or everyone involved in it can say they've been part of a feature mm-hmm. film. That seems unrealistic for so many people. Yeah. When in reality... All it took was, you know, a lot of planning beforehand from from your guy's end, but you'd made it and it's, you know, it, it is achievable. And you know, like you say, you have those moments and it's, it. you know, it's the cast and crew screenings and it's the festivals and things like that where you think, bloody hell, actually, it's not as far away in terms of reaching it as, as, as you assume. I think I'm guilty and I think you guys probably are as well of always looking for what's next rather than kind of sitting back and thinking, oh, we've done something really good here and we've yeah. achieved this. I'm always thinking... What are we what are we improving on next one? Oh, What's the next? Up? We're critiquing when are we the previous it? project, aren't yeah, we? And we're like, the... right, I need to make that better this time. Whereas, yeah, I think it's nice now and again to kind of think, you know, we're doing all right actually. Mm. Um, yeah, and then thinking, what can we do better next time? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you've got to do that. Yeah. You? Shall we talk a bit about Among the Living then? Because it makes sense to talk about that film. It's just being released around now at some time, isn't it? The film on. VOD and streaming. Yeah, 4th of October. So this probably it's probably out, I imagine. How does it feel knowing that it's going to be made public? I mean, I'm guessing that would have always been your intention when you wanted to, when you first thought, I want to make a feature film. This was going to be one of your intended outcomes, wasn't it? Of it being made public and, and whatever happens to it moving yeah. forwards. But how does it feel knowing that it's about to be open for anyone to see? I mean, it's scary, isn't it? Not everyone's going to like it. I mean, Shawshank Redemption got a bad review. If that can get a bad review, like no film's safe, yes. is it? We're prepared for the the negative reviews and everything. We have had some comments. Do you want me to read some out? Go on then. Some yeah, I've not. Comments on the track. Have you I've, not read I've them? I've not heard any. No, not read any. No. I'll do the good comments first. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I have such high hopes for this one and the movie Piggy. So far, only these two piqued my interest. That's cool. Who's That's that from? A Amber. Amber. Amber with two A's. I don't know how best to Amber. say. Amber. Thank you. Luke, Fru, free. Looks good. Nice. Cheers, Luke. <laughs> Zombie Dad. I mean, he's got to be target audience, hasn't he? Yeah. Zombie Dad. Oh, oh shit. This looks real good. So then some kind of less positive ones. <laughs> That's like the plot of every zombie movie ever made. Hard to bring anything original to this subgenre at this point. Why not just call it 28 years later? <laughs> That's quite a good one. I mean, if, I like if, if we'd have been allowed to call it 28 yeah. years later, for sure, that would have been great. Because 28 days later, I love that. Looks like a typical addition to the already painfully bloated zombie genre. That said, at one hour, 20 minutes, and the fact that it's an English Z movie, I'll probably give it a single viewing. One viewing is better than no well, viewing. Yeah. So, yeah. And then one last good one, I suppose. If we get 10,000 people doing a single viewing, that's 10,000 views. Exactly. <laughs> and this this is a nice one, this one from Henry Ramos. This film looks very promising, not overdone with zombies slash infected, focusing on storytelling and character driven. Definitely count me in on this one. Oh, that's and, nice. And that's I, nice. I, I replied to that one saying that's 100% what we were going for. It's nice that it comes through. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to 
things go in public and especially with, with you as an actor like and if you don't mind talking about it how do you how do you personally feel when something say if it's like a tv show and it's got time that's been broadcast do you shy away from you know because i'm sure there's some people who like if you're featuring it you know half eight roughly on the show you know a little twitter see if anyone's coming yeah. how do you feel when something gets made public as an actor the first thing i ever did in theater and it got reviewed and i looked at it and then I said to myself, from then on, I wouldn't do it because especially with theatre, because if you read a review, I feel during the run, you could change your mind on how you're playing it. Yeah. Rough, yeah. yeah. Never so, thought about that. So I just straight away from that aspect went, I'll never read it. And I don't read it. I don't really care. As long as, for me, it's not the outcome. It's the experience of making it and the experience of doing it. Same with, uh, same with uh, theatre. When you're actually performing... Of course I enjoy being on stage and of course I enjoy cameras rolling, sound speed and action. But I enjoy rehearsals. I enjoy being in that room going, right, George, right, Dean, right, what we're doing here? Mm. Right, do, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? They're, they're the exciting parts because you're like, oh, we're changing this now. Oh, okay. Oh, we are doing it. Oh, it's that screaming scene. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's the, it's the water scene. Right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Then you do it and it's 30 seconds. Then you go, right, next scene, moving on. Mm. It's the build-up bits. Because you like working like that. Because on Among the Living, we did we changed stuff up on the fly, didn't we? And yeah. we did a lot of improv. We had to do a lot. A lot of, yeah. How did you find that? I find it, I can do it. If, if, if the writer wants me to learn it letter by letter, inch by inch, I can do that because that's what actors get paid for. Mm. But I'm, I, there's a lot of actors who don't do this, but I like, I like it when a director goes, right, I know that's the idea, Let's go with something else instead. Let's just let's just wing it. Let's it, or know what the, what we did a lot, and there is we didn't just turn up on set with no idea and go right. Uh, your name's Jordan. My name's Dean. Right, we're walking through the forest here. We came with the idea. We knew who we were. We knew what had happened previous. We knew what was going to happen next. It was just about oh, it's raining though. Okay, well why don't we do this with a tree instead? Right, let's wing it. Let's do that. What we did do is working with the with the kids. Melissa and Leon was we'd go into the scene and we would have it out in the script and they'd have learnt the lines for it um, but to try and get a more sometimes a more natural performance or something, what we'd say is this is the scene these are the key lines you need this is the point of the scene let's see what happens and for the, working with the kids if people are working with kids it's a good approach because it gets more natural of course it does you know performances out of them and, and we did that for quite a lot of the kids scenes in it because if you if you keep doing it what it is traditionally where it's like, right, learn this, a kid's gonna get bored in thirty seconds. Mm. You know, you gotta keep you gotta keep them going, you gotta keep yeah. them flowing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How did you find that working with you know, with, with two kids as well as, you know, very major roles in the film as well, weren't they? You yeah. know, how did you find working alongside that as an actor? It's tough because, you know, different ages, all Leon wants to do, bless him, is play. And then he gets tired. That's every kid in the world does that. Melissa was going through that stage where she still wants to play, but she also wants to sit with the adults more. So she would come and sit with us all the time and ask us questions and stuff. And I love that. But there's also that aspect of trying to tell them both that it is a job from everyone else. Like your brother, Rob, who's the director here, is this is make or break. He's trying to do this. But when it went, camera's rolling sound speed, they were phenomenal. And that's all I get, care about. Because if it's the other way, if they're brilliant when the camera's not rolling mm. and the camera rolls and the 
looking all over the show. They're not they're not concentrating. Then you're in trouble. Yeah. But if they want to chat and play and get a little bit bored off camera. As long as when you're in that moment, they're on it. I don't care, mate. And that's that's what's nice working with kids, isn't it? If 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 they are natural actors, that which yeah. I think both of them are, it comes across so well. And being able to improv, they they just kind of they were in their characters, weren't they? When when we said cameras rolling, yeah. There's a really funny bit where we were going to shoot the shoot a scene, and like Melissa's in this kind of big tree tent, and it's when you're walking back from after seeing Emily, yeah. And Leon's there, and he's playing with like the, the twigs and stuff like that. And I was like. I was trying to get everyone going. I was like, come on, Leon, we're going to do the scene. And um, he, he kind of shouted back. He was like, I'm just like, I'm acting as if I'm in the scene. Yeah. I'm just, this is what my character's doing. I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise. <laughs> and D- Dean shouts up. He's like, Rob, he's going method. <laughs> I was like, Leon, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were going method. And he's there and he's playing with twigs and he just shouts out, I don't know what methods are. <laughs> <laughs> just carries on playing. So cute. I've, so got, cute. I've got it on the behind the scenes. It's great. That was another thing that helped was me and George, I think, as well, because George spent a lot of time with Leon. I spent a lot of time with Mel and it was just that it's too... We knew that we could have a laugh, but we also knew how to just grab him and go, right, if you do this in three, you get dinner break in a minute. Automatically, a performance comes out. It's magical. I think that's kudos to you, though, to be fair. Like, as a as a brother and a director and balancing yeah. how, you know, I'm still their brother, but then you've got, you've got a job to do there. And yeah. balancing that, how did you find that in terms of getting the performance out of them, but not being... A director that you know might have made them you know shy away from I think it was probably easier that they were my brother and sister because I could just be straight with them I wasn't worried about saying to them will you just do it and then we can go have like, like you were saying if it's a, a, a kind of a proper child actor and you've got a chaperone and the parent there you're kind of conscious about what you're saying to them but with them just being my brother and sister, I could be like, guys, let's just do it. And then we can go, just yeah. come on, yeah. stop pissing about. Yeah. And it made it a lot easier. <laughs> we spoke last week how we would light the room and allow actors kind of a lot more freedom and movement and stuff like that. Mm. We've just done another, been working on another feature with yourself, Dean, this summer. And it's a very different style in that we've, we're lighting it specifically. We're spending way more time in setup on the lighting. You know, it could be an hour and a half until we've got the scene ready to go lighting-wise. Which one do you prefer? Do you enjoy the breaks in, you know, when we're lighting and stuff, or do you prefer to just smash through it like we did with Among the Living? Well, for me, it, it was a bit easier on this new one that we did because my part wasn't as big as in Among the Living. Among the Living, I had to... I think there was one day I wasn't used, do you remember? And it was the day when it absolutely... Yeah, about one, yeah one afternoon, yeah. wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah. I want to direct something soon. So it was more, I had, I had the conversation with you, you, Ollie, just to, can I watch it more? Can I... Because I've been on a lot of sets and even when I'm not used, I like to just have a little look, a little gander, what, what, how it's filmed and stuff. But for me, it depends what the project is because if you just swapped it round, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think you could film this new one that we've done the way we did Among the Living. No. Because I think it needed to be, because, no spoilers, but it's filmed like a Knives Out, like a Poirot, like a a murder mystery. Whereas Among the Living was filmed raw, like the camera's not even there, you're there in that that woods. And it just wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to film it because it would have took forever. But I I loved the way we filmed in Among the Living because I loved just being like, 
oh, 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 the sun's behind you. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Pick the camera, pick the camera. Mm. Just do it now, just do it now. The flip side to that is I don't mind, I don't mind it being on set, taking our time because I've seen some of the shots and it's worth the reward, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's worth waiting because the reward is phenomenal when you look at it. So it's not like we've waited seven hours doing it mm. and then it looks, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. I think it's important to to make note of that, especially as a small, you know, small production, l- low budget feature. To the fact that the scheduling has to be considered for the type of film and the visual style of film that you that you do, because you know something that's very you know like Among the Living, where it was you know like you said you'd see we'd notice that there was a low sun and we'd go yeah. that looks stunning, let's get that now. Yeah. Whereas with this one that we're just doing, it has to be structured differently to accommodate the you know the time that we put into each shot on this block and this film that we've just done it's completely different and i think you can't be stuck in your own way can you can you from a scheduling perspective you have to accommodate the visual style and the the film differently each project that you do yeah but i i think it's also important to check in with your actors beforehand because the way we shot among the living there was you know like I said, we would talk about the point of the scene and key lines, but there was a lot of improv. And some people aren't up for that. I mean, you love doing the improv. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to get on board with your actors before how you do want to shoot it and see what see how they react to that. So sponsors. Yeah. I can't see anything on the table. Are we going to bring it out or? I've, I've left it at home. We are at home. There's no sponsors. There's no sponsors. No sponsors again. Shout out. Shout out. Sorry, yeah, Dean. This is embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> I thought I'd promised him sponsors. Do you want to do the honours, Dean? Or do you want to let me just move this mic? I'll go with your mother-in-law, yeah. Shezza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. And what's the company called? What's it called? Oh, Dean. What's what, why Shezza? Why Shezza? What's up? For for the for those that have listened to episode two of the podcast, you'll know that we gave Cheryl a shout out in. Episode two of the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say it. Oh, dear. I'm just going to say it because... Sorry for all no. the loyal listeners out there. I'm just going to say it because I'm her favourite. and we're, be- we're best buddies. And we know that as well. Shout out because also, going back to this, the best caterer ever. Whatever I've been on. We've, we've done all this. We've, we've said all this. Fact even further. In episode two. Not the best. The best. By a long shot. We've stitched you up here, Dean. <laughs> Who else do you want to shout out? I'll shout out to Kaylee, who is one of the best people I've ever worked with. Is literally for makeup. Makeup is such a pivotal thing in this, and it always gets just. It's going to soften that. <laughs> it always gets pushed aside, and people don't talk about it enough. But she is the best by a long shot. Uh, so shout out to her and she's doing incredible work as well I know she's got exciting projects coming up because she told me can't say anything but tell us off there I will do like it's but the radio she's, <laughs> yeah but she's she's the best she's wicked we've worked with her since um, Red Light a short film we did yeah where I think she just replied to a Facebook ad we were looking for makeup artists and she's worked with us since on the short films the features yeah we we ask her for everything because she steps up as well doesn't she when you know if you know if someone has to leave early or whatever she'll step up or the roles on set i've never met anyone who is on it with continuity more than her yeah she's an absolute machine isn't she cheers cheers to kaylee kaylee (laughs) well we didn't connect sorry (laughs) 
shall we move on to some key scenes that we like? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, let's do it. I sound like a teacher then. Shall we, shall do, we, do, shall we do this? <laughs> Miss, yeah. I ain't got a coloured pen. Where's the <laughs> Nick man? What's your favourite scene? What Favourite scene to watch no, as a viewer finished. or favourite scene that we shot? Do both. Oh, both, yeah. So favourite scene first that you watched when you were in the cinema watching it and you went, oh, wow. There's one knockout scene that... I think there's 104 knockout scenes. <laughs> Do you want to work on the next project, John? <laughs> there's a scene, and it kind of goes back to when we were chatting about Melissa and Leon, but it was when the three of you were in the cabin. I'm trying not to reveal any spoilers, but there's there's a scene between the three of you, and it's like a moment of realisation between the three of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the performance in that, I can remember being on set shooting it, and I was on Melissa's mid shot. Well, it was your two shot, and then it turned into Mel's mid. And I can remember performing it, and I, and I just knew that would be the take that was used. I was like, bloody hell. But I can remember just thinking, that was yeah. impressive that acting. she and jumps up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, you know, in that moment, it was a very kind of like, yeah, it was a good performance from Mel. Yeah. Um, to watch, I do love the, parallel, the, the chase scenes that are in, the parallel chase scenes between two characters. This is difficult to try not to give any spoilers, but... I think those that's a very well made scene where it's back and forth and it's yeah it's good. What about what about you? To watch, I think it's the um, it is hard without spoilers. Isn't it? I mean, minor spoilers don't really matter. But the the flashback scene. So when well, it, it's the the scene before that when you're in the farm and you kind of sit down and it's kind of moonlight and you kind of sat and. The music starts, the song by the Rinaldi's, and then you kind of look up and then it cuts into that flashback yeah. scene of you and Mel before the the apocalypse and all of that. And and that, we shot it like eight months before. First day of filming. No beard. Yeah, You were so clean, fresh-faced. Well, so much I'll, younger. But I'll be honest as well, I I had a bit of weight on me. I, was, I had no beard, I had short hair. And then when you look at the film, I remember when we were, we watched it, like just people who were turning to me and were like why, why much weight did you lose this that and the other and I was just like it just looked better didn't it it's the beard it's it the hair it just, it's it? great I, I love that it's probably, probably to watch that bit just with the music with Mel's performance that was the first first scene she had to shoot because it was a flashback yeah and she's got a pretty emotional scene to do in and her performance shout out to Emma as well by the way who plays my mum in it, who has yeah. a, a, a small part, but my goodness, horrific. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. While we're on that topic really quickly, though, we learned a lot from a from a shooting perspective that day, didn't we? Of Sometimes you can just strip things back. Oh, God, yeah, with a, with a Ronin, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so for for those who haven't seen it, it's it's a long, a long tracking back shot. Starts on a record player, it comes out, and we pass by Dean, we pass by Melissa, and then go back into Dean. And we, we were shooting on Evers and we had access to a Ronin 2, which is like a six, seven grand bit of kit, amazing bit of kit with a ready rig and everything. And we were trying to get this shot and it just wasn't working at all. And we did about seven takes and it was just, it just wasn't working at all. In the end, we swapped to a little cheap dolly, just put a tripod on a dolly on the floor. Didn't even use the track, did we? Because we had flat enough flooring. Yeah, it was just hard flooring. First take, we nailed, nailed it, it smashed we? it. And it's just that thing of... Just because you've got access to the expensive bit of kit doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you need it. No. I think because it was day one, it's like we want to show off. You know, we want to feel like we're a proper film set. Yeah. And it, you know, I was I was wet through because I was, you know, the the 
the you sweat the rest of the time but I'm oh, in, yeah, in the living room yeah, yeah. it was, it was you know, it was that moment of actually you just strip things back and it was don't, such a simple don't try shoot don't too hard yeah. yeah yeah do it for the benefit of the film not the behind the scenes yeah shoot a favourite scene to shoot I think was the lake scene just getting out in the lake oh it was cold it, I just it was it was nice because I was I was shooting it with the black magic and the 17 mil just handheld and just kind of crouched in the lake just you, we just left you two to it, didn't we? Pretty it was, much, yeah. We, that was the yeah. last shot. Well, that's my that goes on to me. That's my favourite scene I've I shot was that because I was it was the one where I was really looking forward to it. And I remember when we were doing it, and just before I ran in, I put water on my neck because I thought it's going to be freezing this. And I'll never forget. I went in and I was dragged because I had my costume was what pants, jumper, t-shirt, shirt, jacket, bag. It gets so heavy, your costume, doesn't it? Yeah. It drags you under. That's why you get taught to swim in your pyjamas as a kid. <laughs> did you? I don't know if I ever... Did you not? Know? Never I, did that. I, I, I mean, just got taught to swim, John. I didn't, but the advanced swimmers in the corner, they were like, bring your pyjamas, and it's so you can learn to swim in your clothes. Jesus Christ. That was There's an two against one, there looking at yeah. the Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. But I'm going to go with the tent scene, just because when you look at it, it looks like we're really in a tent... When we were in the tent, but in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> CGI tent, yeah, CGI tent. But we're in the middle of nowhere when, in fact, we're in your living room. Yeah. With about seven other people around us in broad daylight. I remember Kate saying, I think, that at the time she w- she looked at someone and she's like, how the hell is this going to work? How, why are we shooting in the living room during the day for this tent scene at night? When you watch it on, on oh, the film, you'd never phenomenal. know. It, no, you wouldn't. It's phenomenal like you, you wouldn't know and especially the performance from Emily as well like you would really think we're in the woods in the middle of nowhere and really we're in a living room and just watching that makes me just go it makes you think about the time when oh, we were in the living room doing that yeah. who'd have known it would look like that sometimes like you were talking about then in the living room in the flashback scene it's it's worth it when you've got all that equipment and you want to do it a certain way and then you change it and you do something else go with your instincts because sometimes it's worth it yeah it I, really is. I think getting the right location is a, is a key thing as well for people so doing much. this sort of film. Like we went and looked at a few lakes, and there was one quite close to Lee's where most of us are based, which would have been so much easier to get to, but it just didn't have the same look to it. It was nowhere near as no. grand, and yeah, it took a few hours to get there, and we had to stay out there for the for the lake in the Lake District. But it was so much worth it. I think like with the locations, like that lake, it's a knockout location. But then also going back to the tent, it's choosing like when you've got a low budget yeah. film like that, just because you're shooting in a tent, we don't need to film on a campsite and hide mm. that out. Mm. You can do it if you can do it in your living room, you're saving money just on locations alone, but then you're saving that money for or even, you know, just gaining locations and gaining permissions for a knockout trailer shot as well. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. been, it's the thumbnail, it's in the trailer, it's a, yeah. it's an amazing shot. It's shot worth isn't it? It. Yeah. And that could be the one shot that makes people go, oh, that was good. Mm. rather than like say going to that other lake because it had water mm. and it not having the same effect so i think it's choosing where to you know maximize the locations yeah it's, it's knowing your body shots in it yeah and knowing where, where to put more resource and where to pull back like shooting the tent stuff in the living room you'd never know it made no difference it was even better to shoot it than rather yeah. than shooting outside in an actual forest after fully working after yeah mm. from, like max did a great job of that of making it feel real but yeah, and, but then putting a resource into getting out to a more impressive lake or the mountains and stuff that we shot on. Mm. Yeah, it's knowing where your trailer shots are going to be. 
what would you say you took away from that film the most as an actor? What would you say you took away from Among the Living? As in, what did I, what did I gain? Like something that I would look back on. What did go, you steal from set? <laughs> yeah. Like, did, did, the was costume, there any... I think, didn't I? No, Kaylee's got all that. She's got all that. Yeah. Shout out to Kaylee. <laughs> yeah, again. I would say that just for me as an actor, is trust my instincts. And my instincts from the beginning, where it was Rob coming over to me and going, listen, this isn't big budget. We're not doing Bridgerton. We're not doing something like that. This is going to be low budget. It's going to be tough. But this part suits you. I've had you in mind for it. Do you want to do it? I could have said no. Mm. I could have been looking for a small part on something else. I went with my instincts, and I went with my instincts on all all the way through it, making friends, the way that acting. So just trust your instincts, because I ended up doing that film, making friends, and having one of the best experiences I'll probably ever have on a film was on that. So, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> all down to the catering. Yeah. Bakes and bakes. Shaz. <laughs> So we've got a question from Phil. Is this a real question? It's this a genuine one? question, yeah. Right. yeah. Not one you've made I tell you, we're, we're, we're big time now. We're getting, you know. One question Let me just week. scroll down to the question that I want to nice, ask. Yeah. Oh, no, there we go. <laughs> First, oh, firstly, just listen to your podcast. Really fascinated and learning a lot from your filmmaking experiences. Great insight. Oh. That's nice to know, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, here's my question. Obviously, when creating a film, the ideal is incredible storytelling and, comp- and compelling characters. But from a filmmaking perspective, which is better in your opinion, a poor story with amazing characters or a fantastic story with mundane characters? Oh. And with an actor oh, in our no. company, this is good. No, um, no. Um, what do you think? Oh. I think it depends on the, the film and the genre. A film like Marriage Story is all about character. And, uh, you know, if you if you wrote that as a synopsis, uh, two people getting divorced and going through a divorce, it's, it sounds bland as hell. And I remember looking at it thinking, oh, I, mean, I can't be asked with that. Well, you watch, watch it. <laughs> yeah, you watch it and the characters are so good that it's so engaged. It's an, a fantastic film. But then on the other hand, something like National Treasure, which isn't necessarily good character work, but I mean, it's just an engaging plot. <laughs> I think it depends on the... I think a lot of it depends on genre probably. And it depends what genre you're in and if you need to lean more towards character or more towards story. So I think it totally depends. Well, you just said when we was off air that you said that, you know, every good drama or action film has a very good slash bad villain. Yeah. And it kind of lends itself to that, doesn't it? Where it's like you need to have a good character in there. If you if you get a script that's got a mundane character in it, can you turn that into an interesting character or is it all in the script? Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because there's a lot of actors who have got parts in the past where it'll just say like one or two lines and it'll just give it like a little blurb of the character. It might say, this guy smokes weed, he's a slacker, this, that and the other. And then they themselves come into it and they make it something that's completely more than what it said in the script. And in that case, it's it's it all stems, I think, down... I mean, we're going well into detail here, but casting as well is a big thing. Like you, If you go for your your choices there, like National Treasure, you could cast anyone in that film. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about set pieces. Yeah. Same with, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. I know Johnny Depp yeah. is a very famous character in that. But the rest of the people, you go through, there's loads of actors in all them films, but it's the set pieces you think about. It's the action set pieces. Whereas Marriage Story, 
you got to get two good actors. Yeah. You don't. We ain't talking about that film ever. Yeah. But you get Adam Driver and Scarlett and you go, oh, these two, oh, okay. It goes back to like films that I love. Like there's a decade in film, like cinema, the 70s, that I always, actually, that I always use to prep. I'll just watch films and I'll go, oh, and it just brings ideas into my head. A bit like filmmaking, like when you're going to direct something, a lot of directors go, right, I'm going to watch that. Oh, look at that shot. Yeah, I might shoot like that. I do it from an acting perspective. But a lot of those 70s films, some are style, and you look at them and it's like, well, what is the story? I don't care, I just like watching these guys. I like just watching her. Where the other way is, there's a lot of character development. There's stuff like Cuckoo's Nest. Whereas if you look at Cuckoo's Nest, if you look at Monthly of the Cuckoo's Nest, the novel, the character that Jack Nicholson plays, R.P. McMurphy, is not the lead. The lead is the Indian character who narrates the whole story, was in the film, it's Jack Nicholson's character against the late, she died a couple of days ago, yeah. actually, Louise Fletcher, and it's uh, good and bad, and he's in the middle. And with Rob, though, it depends what what genre as well, because like, there's a lot of horror films where character development is not is not big, is it? And it's, and it's, it's just not on... to put them down, because like, no, National but... Treasure, I absolutely love that no. film. Uh, and, and stuff like that, I, I love watching things like that. Yeah. But I do think it depends. I, I think the question to work it out is, can you have a great film with a bad story and can you have a great film with bad characters? Skyfall. We're just talking about Skyfall. It's actually, yeah. one, what's the story? He's, he wants to kill them. Yeah. That's it. So what's, what makes it a great film then? Cinematography, acting, action set pieces, mood, very moody piece. Deacons is DOP, so already it goes from naught star to three <laughs> without even showing a story. Yeah. 1917 is the same. 1917 is one of the basic ever plot lines. He needs to get to there. Let's watch the film. That's it. But it's Deacons. And it's how, and it, no, again, but it's how it's shot. The suspense builds up, doesn't it? Like it's yeah. the action set pieces. Is it a case of there needs, like the visual comes into it as well? So it's almost like you pick two of three. Would to make it a good film. Would be film. the DP asking, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, because I'm, think, I'm thinking of, I thought of The Greatest Showman. You know, yeah. I like the film. Yeah. The story of it is average. Visually, it's incredible. The characters themselves, I don't think they're amazing characters. They've not got stories and stuff that we care about. I, I, I really like Zac Efron's and um, Zendaya's. That's, yeah, maybe I'm, they. That one scene where, you've seen it in your Greatest Showman. Oh dear. Well, we know what we're doing after this. Yeah, keep, keep it rolling. We'll do a reaction. Yeah. Every watching. film I've mentioned, you two look at me and go, is he just naming colours? <laughs> <laughs> He's mentioning better films as well, to be fair. He's yeah. shown us up. Yeah. But there's there's a scene in it where it kind of, it's a scene for them and they're watching someone sing on stage and it, it's a great scene, but it's there's, they don't speak a word, but there's so much said in that. I think there's some interesting characters. That's true. Yeah, they're good characters. This is what it comes down to when you, it's a lot of it is to do with the camera because you can have a narrative where if you watch something like Florida Project by Sean Baker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We watched that together, didn't we? Yeah, we watched like half of it and we fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love it, but it's a film about nothing, but it's about what's happening in the world right now and how we filmed that with no actors by Willem Dafoe Mm. and stayed in the motel and did it. But it's the camera that's the narrative. You're, You're on a journey. That's what a camera is. It's meant to, you're starting here, there's going to be a middle, there's going to be an end. But how you get there is what the camera's showing you, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And that's going back to like 1917. It's not my favourite war film by any means, but it takes you on a journey. You're on, but the story's very basic. I guess everyone watches a film differently, don't they? You know, I, I watch, you know, I watch a film and I'm sure you will as well. I'll watch it differently to how you'll watch it. You'll be analysing performances and characters way more than I am because I'm too busy looking for a cameraman's reflection in the window. You know, that, what I mean? no, just, but that's you what's know. incredible about films is people watch films. Your favourite film, what's your favourite film? It could be, I've got a few, La La Land, A right. Ghost Story. What's your, what, what's your favourite film? Ghost Story. Well played. What's your <laughs> probably, probably Skyfall. Skyfall, But right. that's because it's such a, like, we was saying when we weren't recording, there's so many different types of scenes that I just love to watch yeah. visually. Well, this is what I'm using. Mine's Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So you look at them, you could watch Apocalypse Now tomorrow and go, it's the worst film I've ever seen in my life. What the hell, Dean? And I could watch Skyfall and go, that's rubbish, but it's still your favourite film. And that's what film is. It's so many opinions around it and what mood you're in and what, like, I know, like, Emily, my girlfriend, watched Marriage Story and thought it was one of the worst films she's ever seen. Sorry, Emily, for, 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 for <laughs> yeah, throwing, you, throwing you in it there. Think of the hate she's going to get online. She did. <laughs> she just didn't, she didn't associate with it. She didn't get it. She said it was good, she says, but she just thought it's been done better. And I understand that. Whereas I know a friend who watched it and I don't know whether it's because he went through that or whatever, but he thinks it was a masterpiece. Mm. But that's what's so good about films. It's it's totally subjective, isn't it? But to give a totally objective answer, we think it's good character. Is more important. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> that was a, a good question, to be fair, Phil. We could probably do an episode on that rather than yeah. a question segment. But um, if anyone's got any other questions, because, you know. And also, if anyone's got any examples of great films without any great characters... Shout up because I can't think of any. Someone might throw one out of the bag there. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of. That. I'm surprised you can't. If you if you can't think of one, Dean, then we're. Yeah, I just because I think what unless it's a film that is it is more about imagery and images, then that's different. But mostly you you follow the character, don't you? Yeah. If it's a great film, like if we just name them films there, La La Land, you follow those two. Yeah, because if the characters weren't there, you won't follow it. Same with Skyfall. It's James Bond. Of course he's a great character. Mm. He's James Bond, isn't it? And Apocalypse Now, you're following him on the journey because you want to know where he's going. Do you know what I mean? So if you can think of a, a great film without great characters, or if you've got any other questions as good as Phil's, how do they get in touch with us? It's Take 3 Podcast. Don't confuse them. <laughs> it's already confusing them. It's at It's Take 2 Podcast on Instagram. If you want to use the hashtag, it's Take 2. I don't really follow the hashtag much. Just... Get in touch on Instagram. I don't know if anyone's ever posted on the hashtag. I've never clicked on it. Probably just our Instagram account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. Um, and then, or you could also get in touch with via email at itstake2podcast at gmail.com. And what's your phone number, Dean? Just in case anyone wants to get in touch with <laughs> Is that episode four done and dusted? Yeah. This might so, be longer yeah. than episode three. Or I can tell you for a fact it'll be longer than episode three. It might have been. Yeah. Um, Cheers, Dean. Thanks for coming. Hopefully it's been all right. It's been amazing. It's been brilliant. It's just been like, we, we normally talk like this anyway, but it's nice to have four cameras yeah. and three mics on us. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening again, guys. Um, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, any others that we might add on in the future. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Keep listening and we'll see you next time. Cheers. 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 Nice. Fucking hell, we rounded it off in one take. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, we're jogging. <laughs> <laughs>